Chronic kidney disease, or CKD, is known to become more prevalent with age, and around half of people aged over 75 meet the diagnostic criteria for CKD. There is much debate about what this means for patients, as only a proportion of elderly people with CKD will have clinically important outcomes as a result. An analysis article in the BMJ argues that for CKD in the elderly, we should focus more on patient-centred outcomes rather than considering the overall population risks. I'm Navjoit Lada, Analysis Editor, and I'm joined now by one of the authors of the article, Dr. Arif Kwaja, Consultant Nephrologist at Northern General Hospital in Sheffield. Um, Arif, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Um, just to start with, can you give us um, a brief background to CKD? Um, why do we look for it? Why is it important? Okay, so uh, I think the whole concept of CKD was sort of, in a sense, invented probably just over 10 years ago because it was recognised that there were a number of people who were ending up on dialysis who perhaps didn't need to end up on dialysis. And these were people who had perhaps conditions like diabetes or hypertension or perhaps um, uh, rare autoimmune diseases. And what was happening was that they weren't being, their kidney function wasn't being in any way systematically monitored. So the kind of rationale behind CKD was to kind of, uh, or the, di- the kind of diagnosis of CKD was to try and um, improve the screening of patients who were at risk of developing kidney disease in the future. So um, uh, what happened was that about 10 or 15 years ago, the labs in the country, the biochemistry labs in the country, started reporting something known as the estimated GFR or gamma filtration rate automatically. Um, and that, if you like, uh, was the trigger to identify people who um, had what was defined as chronic kidney disease. Um, and I'm sure many of the readers will know what chronic, well, I'm sure most readers know what chronic kidney disease is. But in effect, if, if your estimated GFR was less than 60 mils per minute persistently, um, you de facto had uh, chronic kidney disease in the new definition of chronic kidney disease. Okay, and what does that diagnosis mean in the elderly? Does it mean the same thing as it might do in some in a younger patient? Well, I think that's I, I think you get to the crux of the kind of um, discussion in in the article here, which is that um, the magic number of sixty mils per minute for the GFR was really based on very old data. Uh, looking at what was the normal GFR was in predominantly a young population, um, which was around 120 mils per minute, um, and 60 was half of that. So people said, well, actually, if it's less than 60, that is chronic kidney disease. But we know that kidney function declines normally um, with age from about the age of 40. So um, from the age of 40 onwards, you, re- you lose about one mil per minute per year anyway. Um, of, of GFR, so uh, even if you're healthy, so elderly, pay, elderly, for example, elderly kidney donors um, will have a reduced um, eGFR, and therefore, um, but are still well enough to, to donate. So the implications of a, uh, of a, low G, a lower GFR. Uh, in the elderly is not the same as in in a young person. So in a young person, a a, a GFR of 50 or 40 is clearly abnormal um, uh, and is a sign of significant kidney disease. But a GFR of 50 in an 80-year-old may not really have any any, um, 
impact at all on that patient's life expectancy, on that patient's quality of life at all. Um, so I think it's much more uncertain, really, that the um, what that diagnosis means in the elderly population. Okay, so um, how does this translate into clinical practice? I mean, how would you know? And I mean, again, this is going into what you discuss in the article about um, individualising care, but, but what does that mean in practice? Well, I think... Um, in a sense, what what the CKD system has done is um, said there is there are a significant number of people who are sort of pro- were progressing through the healthcare system with progressive kidney disease and no one knew about it. So we've introduced this automatic EGFR reporting and CKD classification system to stop that from happening. And in a sense, that's worked because um, if people have early kind of problems with their kidneys, that's now flagged up. But I think the price of it is is that um, lots of elderly patients now are being diagnosed as having CKD because they have a slightly reduced EGFR. Um, And what does that mean to individual patients? Well, I guess it depends on the patient. For some patients, it's another diagnostic label, uh, and we know from the kind of work that BMJ has promoted um, in the last year or so about too much medicine, many people, that is a cause of anxiety and stress for many patients, and I think in the article there's a nice patient story that illustrates that. Um, And it's difficult also to know what it actually means to the individual patient. So if you say to an individual elderly patient you have CKD, some of them will have genuine kidney disease, but a large proportion of them will have GFRs between 45 and 60 with no other evidence of kidney disease, and it's difficult to know what that actually means to them. Um, um, as, an, as individual patients, um, they're very unlikely to end up on dialysis. In fact, their risk of ending up on dialysis is virtually negligible. Um, they have, uh, in epidemiological terms, a slightly higher risk of cardiovascular disease, but again, um, how that actually impacts on their management is far from clear. Uh, and their life expectancy is more or less the same as somebody who had a GFR of over 60. So so um, I think, uh, for me, this, the, the slight problem with a kind of age-neutral classification system is that um, it, fundamentally it doesn't recognize that what's normal for a 20-year-old isn't what's normal for necessarily what's normal for a 70 or 80-year-old and, uh, and therefore by definition you end up disease labeling people who perhaps in a different era we wouldn't have thought of as having kidney disease. So how, how can you tell the difference between what might be a significant renal disease and as you say a diagnostic label? Um, well, that becomes quite a philosophical question, but there are certain things you can look at. For example, if, if a, um, I, I mean, I think we'd all agree if the GFR was very low, if it was kind of less than 45, then most people would accept that is abnormal kidney function, um, come what may, irrespective of your age. You can look at other things. So is there a structural abnormality of the kidney? You know, patients may have polycystic kidney disease or, or other structural abnormalities that may be causing their kidney function to be... Uh, abnormal, or they can have abnormalities in their urine dipstick, in their urinalysis, so they might have blood or protein in the urine, which indicates some underlying um, problem with their kidneys. Um, or um, in the current era, really, the commonest sort of uh, one of the commonest causes of reduced kidney function is if you, um, if you like, just generalised cardiovascular disease. So um, the kidneys are highly vascular organ. If 
um, and we have an increasingly aging population um, uh, and as you get older we all have increasing atherosclerosis in, in our bodies so um, uh, patients with other evidence of atherosclerosis um, may well have uh, kidney disease as well. Okay and um, what sense do you get about how patients feel about this from I mean from patients themselves I mean presumably some will want to know even if it doesn't really have a significant sort of prognostic um, information, um, they they may want to know about a sort of label, while others won't, and will it may cause yeah. anxiety. So, what's the best way to kind of align those differing views and values? Well, I think um, I think um, uh, within the article, Helen Twohig uh, wrote a nice section about um, about her experience with the patient, and and perhaps. Um, uh, what she suggested was that really for most patients, particularly elderly patients, their kidney function is being checked um, because they have a risk factor for kidney disease and usually that's say hypertension, diabetes or, or cardiovascular disease. So that rather than saying you know you have diabetes and now you have kidney disease because your EGFR is 55, um, she was saying that maybe we should um, just incorporate that discussion about your kidney function into the generalized discussion about your diabetic health. So you can say you have diabetes, diabetes can sometimes affect your kidney, um, your kidney function isn't actually uh, too bad and your kidney function isn't affected in any serious way, for example. So I think um, um, you have to remember that the, the definition of Kidney, chronic kidney disease was really based on um, uh, epidemiological data showing that you know um, uh, reduced GFR in, in younger people was associated with increasingly adverse outcomes. So the definition isn't, if you like, written in stone of the disease. You know, and um, uh, and so I think it's much better to. Um, I, I see what you're saying, and certainly NICE encourages us to um, tell everybody that they have chronic kidney disease, but many patients, it's just something else for them to worry about. So I think, in a way, talking about kidney function rather than kidney disease is a better way of approaching it. So you can tell a patient they have reduced, uh, slightly reduced kidney function uh, rather than saying they have chronic kidney disease. And I think, personally, that kind of language... Um, sits better uh, and certainly less worrying for um, for patients. Most of the patients that we, we are talking about in this article are, are really managed in primary care and certainly talking to my primary care colleagues this is a, a big issue um, because um, it's the source of, I mean nobody likes having a disease and, and the word chronic in itself is it, um, has lots of negative connotations as well um, uh, uh, and in most, uh, in the vast majority of cases, um, uh, the CKD label in the elderly triggers absolutely no interventions at all, you know, um, in itself. So um, it, the utility of it, um, uh, the clinical utility of it is, I think, somewhat limited. Yeah, that's a great point. And you talk about in the article and... Um it's sort of clear when you read through well, what interventions might you offer, most of them are things that you would be thinking about anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the literature around chronic kidney disease as a kind of um, public health problem is saying, well, if you've got chronic kidney disease, you're at higher risk of having cardiovascular disease, and therefore we really need to detect uh, chronic kidney disease, um, particularly, and, and that risk holds true in the elderly. But but really the... the um, uh, 
you know, the management of cardiovascular disease is, is broadly pretty simple, really. I mean, it's kind of based around blood pressure control, lipid control, lifestyle advice, you know, stopping smoking, etc. And it doesn't matter whether your EGFR is 55, i.e. you have chronic kidney disease, or 65, i.e. you don't. That management plan will be exactly the same, really. So I think... Um, uh, uh, and, and I think that, uh, the other thing to say about cardiovascular risk is that in terms of individual patients, um, that kind of epidemiological notion of risk, particularly in the, in the elderly, is, is almost meaningless. Do you know what I mean? So if you have a GFR of 55 and a patient says to you, um, and they're sort of in their 70s or 80s, and they say to you, what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. You're kind of saying, well, you're at a slightly higher risk of dying from a cardiovascular disease than um, somebody with an EGFR of 65, um, or 55, uh, you know, with an EGFR of 65, but there's nothing else we would do, and we can't really tell you how much of a higher risk that is in, in actual ter- in, in sort of a terms that you can understand. I mean, what we do know is that kind of elderly patients with an EGFR of between 45 and 60 more or less have the same life, same life expectancy as um, uh, elderly patients with a GFR of more than 60. Um, so the, um, I, I find the utility of the, of the label in the elderly fairly limited at the moment. That's not to say there are elderly people who have genuine chronic kidney disease. There are, but I think what we're focusing on in the article is the sort of uh, are the elderly patients with an EGFR of between 45 and 60. Okay. So for these people then, what would you suggest as a way forward? I would suggest that everybody who's at risk of chronic kidney disease should be screened for chronic kidney disease. These elderly patients, um, one way forward would be simply to reduce the threshold for defining chronic kidney disease in elderly patients. So if you're um, over 70 or 75, perhaps the threshold GFR shouldn't be 60 mils per minute, but 45 mils per minute. Um, And that won't stop elderly people from uh, still being screened appropriately uh, and having their kidney function monitored, but at least stops them from having another um, diagnostic label attached to them. Um, And I think this is a big problem because we live in a society that's um, very medicalized uh, and we have a society whereby every risk factor now um, is becoming a disease, so whether it's osteoporosis or um, uh, you know, hypertension, everything is becoming a, a, a disease. And at some point, that becomes meaningless to the individual patient, I think. Dr. Arif Khwaja, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, and that article, Chronic Kidney Disease in Elderly People, Disease or Disease Label, is now available on thebmj.com.